Many of us are asking God, why aren't you giving me power? Dr. Tony Evans says the question isn't about getting power from God. Instead, it's about how to put that power into action. If you don't exercise the authority, you won't experience the power. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. If God gave us the authority to be rulers in life, why do so many of us feel like we're in chains instead of in charge? Let's join Dr. Evans as he brings us the answer. Far too many of us are living lives of perpetual defeat, never being able to overcome, constantly being subject to circumstances, finding ourselves helpless to do anything about the mess and the misery we find ourselves enduring day after day. And if the truth be told, and we were totally honest, many of us are unhappy Christians. We believe the right stuff, it's just not working. We say amen to the right things. We affirm the right doctrines. Yet the greatness of God we talk about and sing about, we're finding it hard to locate. Not because we don't believe it's true, it's just not true for me. Sometimes we dream of other people's testimonies being our own, but they seem to escape us. I want to talk to you today about something that may be a little curveball for many of us, but it is an essential benefit because today I want to help us move some mountains in our lives because I want to talk about experiencing spiritual authority as the result of our knowing God. Jesus is teaching his disciples and he would use a lot of natural scenarios as an opportunity to teach a very deep lesson. Peter in Mark 11 verse 20 says to Jesus as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. Now to understand what Peter is talking about, you simply have to go back up to verse 13. Seeing in a distance a fig tree in leaf, Jesus went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. Then we come to verse 20. Peter says, Jesus, the fig tree you just cursed yesterday is totally dead today. Let's put this in context. On a fig tree, in March, it begins to bud. It is getting ready to produce fruits. Figs. In April, leaves come up around the bud. In May, figs come on the tree. March, the buds. April, the leaves. May, the figs. So Jesus passes the fig tree 
to see if it's going to bear fruit, meaning he's looking for buds. Because he's got the leaf, but we're told it's not time for the fig, which means he's looking for the bud. Because the bud tells you the fig is coming. He passes by and sees the leaf, but no bud. Which means no fruit. And Jesus curses the tree. He curses the tree. You see, the tree suffered from um, religion without life. It had external leaf looking like it was going somewhere. It had external leaf looking like it was going to do something. The visual presence when you looked at the leaf is we got figs coming next month. But when Jesus examined it close, no buds, that thing only looked like it was up to something. No, that's what religion will do for you. It'll make us look like we're up to something. See, we can come to church with leaf clothes, carry a leaf Bible, and use leaf language, and there'd be no bud. No real life, just external appearance Something is going on. So Jesus, not wanting to be impressed with the leaf, the look, cursed the tree because there was no life. The next day, coming back by the tree, Peter says, Jesus, that tree you cursed yesterday is dead. From the bottom to the top, it says all the way up that thing is dead. That means that the thing had dried out in, in less than 24 hours. What Jesus had said yesterday had come true today. And Peter's just, he's just shocked that in that kind of turnaround, that there could be that kind of disaster. He, he can't believe that Jesus just spoke that thing and in less than 24 hours that thing happened. And it happened completely. Jesus now takes what Peter just saw and the disciples just saw and uses them to teach one of the most staggering Christian lessons you will ever learn. Because look what Jesus says after Peter observes the tree. Jesus says, verse 22, and Jesus answered saying to them, well, wait a minute. I don't remember Peter asking a question. Says Jesus answered, but what did he answer? Because all Peter said was, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. So what's the question Jesus is answering? Well, Peter is basically asking the question, how could something that big happen so fast that you just spoke the word and 24 hours later, this whole thing, this whole tree has died. And I saw green leaves yesterday. How could that much happen this fast? That, that's his question. Jesus now answers the question that was really asked in a statement. And Jesus says to him, have faith in God. The question is, how could that much happen this fast? The answer is, have faith in God. 
The reason, Peter, that much happened this fast is because I have faith in God. That much happened this fast because of faith in God. Now, everybody likes that phrase, but very few understand it. He then throws out a staggering phrase. Truly, I say to you, verse 23, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. You're talking about, can I blow your mind this time? Jesus talks to one tree. In less than 24 hours, the tree has completely turned. Jesus then says, and whoever speaks to this mountain, what mountain? The Mount of Olives, which has all the fig trees on it. All the olive trees on it. He says, you can even speak to the mountain. The mountain will run into the sea. Now, in the Bible, a mountain, when it's not referring to a physical mountain, when it's used symbolically, is an immovable situation. It's a circumstance that will not go anywhere. It is a precipice you can't climb over. A mountain is something you can't fix, a thing you can't change, a problem you can't reverse. Anybody have any mountains in their lives? That's a mountain. It's something so big that you can't do anything about it. Zechariah 4, 7 uses the word mountain in this way of this symbolic big thing. So Jesus had a literal mountain that he uses to make a symbolic message based on a tree. And this mountain had trees on it, the Mount of Olives. And so he says, you see what I just did, Peter? Yeah, Jesus. And in less than 24 hours, that whole thing was turned around. I say to you, I'm not the only one who can do this. Watch this now. I'm saying to you, yeah, I did this because I have faith in God. But guess what? Whoever says to this mountain. So now I'm not talking about me doing it. I'm talking about you doing it. Whoever said to this mountain be gone and does it with belief, the mountain will be removed. So if the mountain is not moving, there is a faith in God problem. Let me tell you what he's saying. He's saying believers, when they're operating with the biblical understanding of faith in God, get to be mountain movers. So why are we not seeing mountains moved in our lives, our families, our circumstances, and our situations? Because fundamentally, we don't have the faith in God. We talk about, say amen about, sing about, pray about, praise about. It's become Christianese, spiritual vocabulary. It's become leaves without buds. Dr. Evans will build on that idea when he continues our message in just a moment. First, though, I want to let you know that what you're hearing today is part of a sermon compilation called You Are Stronger Than You Think, and it contains six of Tony's life-changing lessons for believers. It starts with teachings on faith, the power in Christ, spiritual authority, and even how God will respond and react to the things we think, say, and do. 
Details on this powerful collection are waiting for you online at TonyEvans.org. And for a limited time, if you make a donation to the ministry of Dr. Evans and the Alternative, we'll say thanks by sending you this complete audio collection on CD or digital download, along with an added bonus, a copy of Prayers to Share, 100 Pass-Along Notes to Cultivate Kindness. Take advantage of this special offer today at TonyEvans.org or give one of our resource team members a call any time of the day or night at 1-800-800-3222, and they'll be happy to assist with your request. Again, that's 1-800-800-3222. Well, now let's get back to our message. Here's Dr. Evans. What Jesus says here that's staggering is that believers have spiritual authority. Spiritual authority is the right to use divine power. You don't have the power, but you have the right to exercise the authority. If you don't exercise the authority, you won't experience the power. Even if you believe in the power. All of us share the same power source in our homes. There's not one home in the building that's lacking access in power if you have a contract with the utility. See, if you have a formal legal relationship with your electric provider, you've got access to the power. Okay, so you've signed a contract and so there is a relationship that means power is available for your house. But power that's available for your house doesn't equal power utilized in your home. Because you can have it and not use it. For the power in the source, the electric company, to be experienced in the house, that demands a responsibility from you. If you don't flip on a switch, the power that's been made available is not being utilized, so you live in darkness. Many of us are asking God, why aren't you giving me power? God is asking us, why aren't you exercising authority? Suppose you called your electric company and said, turn on my lights, turn on my refrigerator. Turn on my microwave. Turn on my can opener. Because you got the power. They're going to tell you, we don't do that. We supply the power. But you turn it on. And if you don't turn it on, don't call me. Because I've given you the power. <laughs> but I've also given you the right responsibility and authority to exercise if you want to experience the power we just supplied. We're looking for power when we ought to be exercising authority. It is our refusal as Christians to exercise authority that's making it look like we don't have power. When the power has already been provided by the contract you signed when you came to Jesus Christ. If you're here and you're saved, you're on the contract. 
by grace through faith. You've trusted Jesus Christ. You are under contract. Now let me hit you with a curveball before we go a little deeper here because we're still swimming on the surface. We can ready to do some deep sea diving here. Everything God is ever going to do for you, he's already done. Okay, so you have to understand this because the implications are staggering. Everything God is ever going to do for you in any category of life that you will live in has already been done. That is, it's already on deposit. That's why Ephesians 1, 3 says we've already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the spiritual realm. Everything God is ever going to do for you has already been done. That's what grace is. Grace is God's divine supply. So grace is what God has placed on deposit in your account with your name on it for every category of your life. What God will not do is make withdrawals for you. He has deposited it, but you are responsible for withdrawing it. That's authority. When you go to the bank and it's in your account, you have authority to draw from it because it was placed there in your name. You can't come to my account. I can't come to your account, but you can go to your account because you have authorization, authority, to draw from your account. So you can say to this teller, you can say to this teller, be gone, $100. Why? Because it is on deposit and you have authority to withdraw it. So to complain, I can't get my money when it's on deposit and have the bank tell you, well, you haven't asked for it through whatever vehicle you asked for it is a wasted complaint. We are wasting a lot of time with God because we're asking God to do one, what he's already done and two, what he has no intention of doing. And what he has no intention of doing is relinquishing you from authority and putting the authority back on him when he supplied the power. So authority is the right to use the power. He says, Jesus said, the reason why this thing turned around overnight is because have faith in God. This is why knowing God is so critical. Because a lot of the faith we think we have is in fact not in God. That is not in the true God, it's in a God we made up. It isn't a God we're trying to manipulate. It is not God as he reveals himself to be. It's God as we wish he were. He says, have faith in God. The issue of faith is not the size of your faith. Let's get this straight. Some Christians run around saying, I wish I had more faith. You don't need more faith. If you had enough faith to accept Jesus, that's enough faith for everything else. All right? You really don't need more faith. In fact, Jesus says in another place, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, real tiny, you can move mountains. So this is not about the size of your faith. So let me save you some time. Stop going faith hunting. You don't need more faith. The reason you want to know God is because you want to know his character, his word, his promises. You want to know what you can expect from him. 
Because if you don't know what to expect from him, you may be believing him for something that you should not be believing him for. Or you may not be believing him for something you ought to be believing him for. Okay, watch this now. Only as there is legitimate faith in God do you get to exercise legitimate authority on earth. If you have illegitimate faith in God because you have misunderstood his promises, you have you don't know his promises so you can't exercise them, many of us know more about our favorite television program than we know about God. Many of us can describe more about our, our favorite actor or actress or sports figure than we can about God. Why? Because we never miss the program. We're in tune with the series. We know the characters and the plots. And therefore, we can't exercise faith, so we're going to look for more faith when God says, why don't you get to know me and the little faith you have, you will be able to exercise authority with it. He says, you can speak to this mountain, this unovercomable situation, and you can tell the situation what to do. Now, most of us are used to the situation telling us what to do. You're going to take drugs today, whether you want to or not. You're going to act a fool today, whether you want to or not. You're going to cuss like a sailor today, whether you want to or not. We're used to the mountain bossing us around. We tell the mountain, I ain't going to do what you say today. The mountain say, oh, yeah, you are. He says, you will speak to this mountain, this unovercomable situation, and the mountain will move. Therefore, verse 24, I say to you, all things which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted you. Notice the ED on receive. You have already received them. Past tense. Faith is our positive response to what God has already provided. If you don't know what he's already provided, you might be believing him for the wrong thing. Or you may not know what you should be believing him for at all. God has two ways to let you know what you can expect from him. His word and the Holy Spirit. His word. What does he say about this situation? The Holy Spirit confirms how he wants that applied in my personal scenario. Because the word will be a general thing for everybody that applies to everybody. The Bible may not tell you its specific application in your particular situation. That's why your relationship is so important. So the Holy Spirit is free to tell you, this is how I want you to apply this truth from the word in your personal scenario. Dr. Tony Evans, talking about the key to experiencing spiritual authority. If that's something you've been missing in your life, you need to know it begins with having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Find out more by visiting TonyEvans.org and following the link at the top of the homepage that says Jesus. There you'll find everything you need to get your life connected with God and on an upward path of growth and fulfillment. Well, today's lesson is available on CD or digital download. It's included in Tony's six-part series called You Are Stronger Than You Think. When you make a contribution to help support the ongoing ministry of The Alternative, we'll say thanks by sending you this audio collection along with a special bonus, a copy of Prayers to Share, 
a unique book that includes 100 kindness cards containing a prayer, select scripture passage, an inspirational quote, and a QR code that leads to an inspiring video message from Dr. Evans himself. Just visit TonyEvans.org to get the details and make your request. Or call us at 1-800-800-3222, where our resource team members are standing by 24-7 to help with your request. That's online at TonyEvans.org or by phone at 1-800-800-3222. Well, tomorrow, more from Dr. Evans on why having access to God's power is one thing. Putting it to work in our lives is another. I hope you'll be with us. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 